Welcome to Bucks Insider Live. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And I feel like, as always, I have to start this time of year, <laughs> this type of show, with this big old disclaimer. Because we work for the team, we don't get to announce things until they're officially official by the officials. <laughs> we are not those officials as much as we've tried to be. So we're going to talk about some reports that are out there. And then we do have news that we can fully report ourselves. So we're going to start. I just always feel like I need to lay out. We know about the reports out there before people say, why aren't you talking about that's why? That is why. So let's talk about some of these reports. So you want a clearinghouse of the yes, reports. Yes, that's exactly that it. Official that's yet. exactly it. So the things that are not official that are reports well, out there. Well, I could start with Anthony Nelson, the mm -hmm. Bucks bringing him back on a two-year contract. The outside linebacker plays the last four years, really has been on an upward trajectory, two and a half sacks the last two years. If we were doing this show maybe, I don't know, even a half hour from now, <laughs> Theoretically. Not to, not to be give anything away, but theoretically, theoretically uh, we might be able to do that one. The most exciting one probably of the whole thing is the reports of Levante David will be, will be back. From an emotional standpoint, that was probably number one on the list. We'll talk about what was probably from a significance and how well they're playing right now and how young they are, the number one here in a minute on that list. But we all love the fact that it appears according to reports that Levante David will be back. Yeah, the heart and, and soul of that defense in so many ways and the organization. I mean, just yeah, such an incredible... Really one of the all-time greats. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think and that was the one people were probably most kind of sitting there twiddling their when, thumbs uh, waiting to hear. When and if Levante comes back and if he, can, if he finishes his career with the Buccaneers, he'll basically join Derek Brooks, Rondé Barber, and Paul Gerber as the four guys who played the longest and only as Buccaneers. Wow. Um, and then, of course... Um, Kyle Trask may have a little competition, mm. but hopefully we'll be getting into that maybe next time around. Yes, I think next show detail. we will have more things to say, theoretically. Yes. So let's talk about what we <laughs> let's can do. The, yeah, let's do the part that's a little easier for us to talk about here. So uh, Jamel Dean, this is a guy that we had all offseason. It was so interesting. He was on all these lists as one of the top free agents, period, in the league. And then especially at corner, and some had him as the top most, free agent. Most yep. of them did. And so now to know that the Bucks are bringing him back, just tell me a little bit about what we know about the deal and, and what this means to this defense. Yeah, it might have seemed like a surprise and an upset that the Bucks, with their cap situation, could bring Jamel Dean back after they're also they're already paying Carlton Davis, another great cornerback. But I think part of the reason there is because Jamel is very fond of Todd Bowles, and Todd Bowles is very fond of Jamel, and I think both of them really wanted that relationship to continue, and that's great for the Buccaneers because not only did Jamel have his best season last year, but he's kind of sneakily been good ever since he got here. And mm -hmm. if you look at over the last four years, which is the four years that Jamel's been in the league, according to NFL Next Gen Stats, uh, he's allowed the fewest yards per target of any cornerback in the league over that entire, and look at some of the names there. Stephon yeah. Gilmore won a Defensive Player of the Year award. Tre Davis White is great. C.J. Gardner-Johnson is, is a really coveted guy on the market right now. So um, Jamel's been good for a long time, and he's only getting better, and he's still young. Uh, it's a really big and important, probably if you listed all the free agents that the Buccaneers are facing, as I said, emotionally, probably we want Levante at the top of the list, but in terms of the player that is probably most important to get back, that was Jamel Dean. So really quite a coup for the Bucks to be able to keep him. Yeah, and I just love his story. It's just so amazing being told, I think he said yeah. was given a 3% chance that he could play football again. Ohio State, right? Yeah, that he, you know, all these knee surgeries early on, and then not only that, to have all those knee surgeries, be told you're not going to play, and then to put a just blazing 40 time that it's like four three eight or something yeah like, like absolutely six. insane that to say that he was able to overcome that is putting it mildly and to get to a second contract after being told three percent chance i mean there are so so few people in general that make it to a second contract in this league and, and i just think it's he's a great guy great story so very excited about that um 
And then there's been a trade as well. I know that that was uh, part of the news that we, we know we can report. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, the Buccaneers knew they were going to be moving on from Shaq Mason, who they got in a trade with New England last year to uh, to replace Alex Cap. And he started all 18 games last year and was very solid. But there were some hard cap decisions to be made. So he probably would have been released, but the Buccaneers were able to scare up a trade with the Texans. It's a common thing now with, with a trade like this. If the guy was going to get released, you're not going to get a ton. What you got was a pick swap. You pick up a six, you give a seven. The Bucks did a pretty good job within that, though, because the Texans had three different sixth-round picks, and we got their first one, which is their own, which is the second in the round, number 179 overall. The Bucks had two late seventh-round picks and gave up number 230. So that's a move up of 51 spots, which, you know, not bad. Yeah. Not bad for a player you probably would have released anyway. So. Yeah, that's, that's like great. Like, if you look at it this way, the Buccaneers traded a couple seventh-round picks last year in order to move up in the sixth round to get Co'Keefe. Mm -hmm. And Co'Keefe turned yeah, out quite nice. So now you don't it. even have to make that move. You already have. Yeah, which is big. And it is amazing to think about how, even though the Bucks were in such a tough salary cap situation, if it, we kept talking about that all the way up until now, the offseason, that they were able to become cap compliant when they needed to be and still be bringing back some different people and have gotten some draft capital a little bit along the way too. I oh, mean, hey, Mike Greenberg. exactly. Our front hey, office, who we love so much. Um, so tell me a little bit about in your mind what this means for the offensive line and maybe for the, the draft. I know we'll probably get into this a little bit in our road to the draft show we that we'll shoot later. So um, just a little bit, maybe even less on the draft side, but overall looking at what the Bucks have on the offensive line mm -hmm. right now. Um, and, and Aaron Stinney, you know, that's another piece of news that we, oh, yeah, we hadn't right. gotten to as well. To so that, that to kind of discuss what we what we know we have on the O-line right now. Well, the Buccaneers have Tristan Wirfs, of course, and they have mm -hmm. Ryan Jensen, pro bowlers. And Ryan Jensen's back from his injury, which was great. We saw that he came back amazingly for the playoff game. Tristan Wirfs could be your pro bowl caliber, all pro caliber right tackle next year, and that would be fine. There is a possibility, and the Buccaneers have not discounted it. They, they really don't know yet because they haven't got a chance to get in there and see what it looks like. But you could move him to left tackle and have this premier athlete playing the premier one of the premier positions in all of football. Uh, in that case, then the Buccaneers will be looking for a new right tackle. Could that be Luke Gedeke, who started uh, the Week 17 game? or week 18 game against Atlanta and played that position in college? Possibly. You could look for that position in the draft. And then on the, the two guard spots, you know, Nick Leverett essentially is the returning uh, uh, mm -hmm. in the incumbent left guard, and he did get the uh, tender offer to become an exclusive rights for agent, so he'll eventually sign that and be back. So he could be the guy, but you've got Robert Hainsey, who played center last year. You've got uh, Luke Gedeke could figure, figure in there, and you just said Aaron Stinney. Uh, there's a lot of options for the Buccaneers, even if they don't address that in the draft. Okay, that's going to be interesting to see. And then now just in general, free agency as it's become, you know, the official start of the new league year this week, we've seen a lot of movement around the NFC South. And so yeah. I know right now it's always fun to especially look at what your own team is doing, but it's also smart to keep an eye on mm -hmm. the teams you're going to face multiple times this next season. And, and they're going to, this, this division is going to look very different. Well, it's interesting because obviously this division was down last year since the Bucks won it with an eight and nine record. And so everybody in this league obviously sees this as an opportunity, even though they had bad records last year to win it. And you see some teams really going for it and there's been a ton of movement as we see here and one of the things I find interesting about it is there's been a lot of movement between teams in this league so I think I messed up when I submitted the information for this graphic because I think the, t the Falcons should also have David Onyemata um, the defensive tackle that the Falcons lost uh, but you see Shai Tuttle going to the Panthers David Onyemata not shown there going to the Falcons um, you've got uh, Andy Dalton going from the Saints 
to the Panthers. So there's a lot of movement within the league. Yeah. But you see, uh, the, the, the other thing I would note here is that the Saints – because of that cap situation. Now, they've signed a bunch of guys, so they right. replaced their DTs. They spent a lot of money, although it's backloaded on Derek Carr. They just got Jamal Williams last night, which I was upset to hear. Also, the Panthers got Miles Sanders. So both of the kind of late in the in the process, they both picked up a pretty darn good running back. But look at all the guys that the, uh, the Falcons, I mean, the Saints actually lost, which is something that comes to roost when you do it the way the Saints do it in every single year, keep pushing money down the road. So Marcus Davenport, David Onyemata, Shai Tuttle, Caden Ellis, it's going to be a little bit hard for them to replace all that talent up front. Yeah, and this means nothing, but I just think Shy Tuttle is one of my favorite names name. in the NFL. <laughs> Makes me think of the Key and Peel skit every time. It feels like one that they would have said in in their announcements. Oh, really? Yeah, I feel like Shy Tuttle would have been. Makes me think of the Shy kid that says, "I like turtles." I like turtles. <laughs> that yeah, video, that's huh? amazing. Um, well, yeah, we are definitely going to be recording a road to the draft after this, so make sure you stay tuned to that because we're going to talk about all of this free agency news, what it could mean for the Buccaneers draft. So we'll see you next time here on Buccaneers Insider Live, and stay tuned for our road to the draft. Yeah.